1: in the, the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be
0: honored. if You played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me, Godly. Oh, they tackle him in the forty-yard Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTF Podnet on Twitter. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. We are one of many great podcasts on this awesome network. You can also hear the likes of Jim Day of FF Champs, Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto from Series XM Radio, Bob Lung of the award winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. Dwayne McFarlane, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of other great podcasts all on the FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. For today's podcast, Mr. Matthew Fox, you can find him at Nighthawk7734 on Twitter, will be joining me in just a second. We will preview all of the breaking news that has happened over the past couple, or I would even say 48 hours, since I was not able to do a podcast on Wednesday, and then we will preview the Thursday night football game. Hello! Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. What's going on? How how has life been treating you the past couple days?
1: Well, it's been pretty good. A little quiet with uh, no football games, uh, especially after just kind of a bonanza from Thursday through Monday last week. But looking forward to getting week two started tonight.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I wish I could say the same thing. Um, With the NFL wise and the fact that we've got a ton of news and and one story in particular that just will not die down. Uh, And so let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Let's talk about the breaking news over the past 48 hours. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, so I guess let's start with a, uh, I mean the the one as I was just ta- touching on the one subject that will just not go away, and that is Antonio Brown. I, I don't want to loop this in with all the stuff that it, he has done this off season. All the other stuff he has done this off season, you could say, has just been ridiculous and and selfish with his the helmet gate, and, and then really trying to do everything he could to get out of Oakland. He The sexual assault allegations that have been uh, brought up against him are very serious. Obviously, I hope nobody makes that into a laughing matter or takes that any less serious. It is a big deal. Uh, We do know that this hasn't been brought to any kind of actual court. It is a a civil thing, so... Technically, there's at least at the moment no real jail time f- facing him right now, uh, but we don't know what's going to come forward of this. What was your thoughts on just kind of the whole situation? What do you think this means for him, the possible NFL commissioner's exempt list, and the Patriots for the for the future?
1: Yeah, I think this has to be the last thing the Patriots needed. They came out on Sunday night and looked like almost a lock for the super bowl they looked a thousand times better than we would have guessed two months prior you know philip dorsett looked like an all-star out there at wide receiver so getting antonio brown was going to be a big get for them they are a team that doesn't like distractions i think they do as opposed to some other teams have a better infrastructure to be able to overcome that kind of thing but if you're a fantasy owner uh you know that uh, Brown's accuser is not going to meet with the NFL till the next week. I would say it's no better than a 50-50 shot. He, he's on the field on Sunday, and given that they're playing the Dolphins, a team that just got steamrolled by the Ravens last week, they the Patriots may not even need him. Even if he does play, how much are you getting? I don't feel great about having to rely on him as a starter. Uh, I think there is very little chance that he suits up for even 15 You know, fifteen. 14 games this season. I think he's going to miss some time. It feels like it's trending toward the NFL maybe bailing the Patriots out and putting him on the commissioner's exempt list. Um, but it's it's really hard to tell. This is almost the situation you were in if you had Antonio Brown in week one where yeah. day by day you didn't know if he thought he was going to play. I have him on one team I probably from Thursday through Sunday last week put him in, and took him out of my lineup like five times. Um, And I think if you're an Antonio Brown owner, better to line up a backup plan, and then you're just going to have to watch and see. If I had to pick one right now, I would say there's a better chance he doesn't play than that he does play with all the things going on.
0: Yeah, this is always a a difficult situation to talk about because you don't want to... I I heard a lot of people kind of coming out and, and... not necessarily bashing the woman because, obviously, his agent came out and said that they thought this was a money grab. Uh, and this is obviously I've, – I've never uh, personally experienced this, but I know people who have. It's not an easy thing to deal with. It's not easy to just come forward and say this happened to you if this did. You know, we don't – I don't want to say that it did or didn't happen because I, I don't know. I obviously was not there. Right now it is a little bit of he said, she said – uh, thing and we probably won't ever know the exact truth of what happened. I'm going to lean with her because I don't. I just don't see why some woman would just come out and make this up. But I guess I could be naive to that uh, possibility. So I'm right there with you. I think that they need to put him on the commissioner's exemplars. They've messed this up so much in the past when it's come to domestic violence or allegations like this or just anything going on with the players doing things they shouldn't do. Not even just players. Human beings should not do stuff like this. I hate to just classify it as a, as a player. should We, As a human being, you should not do or treat women the way that it is reported that he did. And then if the messages and emails are true that, that were leaked out to the media, uh, you should not ever talk to somebody that way either so I I do think that they should put him on the commissioner's exempt list that hasn't come out yet I would imagine it will and that would obviously really help the Patriots out because they it feels like they've kind of come out pretty much said that they're not going to do anything unless the NFL does something first so I think that they're hoping that the NFL does that but if they don't I can't imagine they're going to suspend him or cut him right now until more information comes out. The uh, injury news, they're not even injury news, but we've got a couple players um, sitting out right now in Sam Darnold, which is just fantastic for my Cleveland Browns because I really feel like that helps us out in this Monday Night Football game coming out. He has mono, and so it looks like he has been ruled out. Of the Monday Night Football game, Uh, Le'Veon Bell is getting an MRI on his shoulder for shoulder soreness. I have not seen much else about this, but Matt, you are someone I believe who has Le'Veon Bell on a couple of your teams. Does this worry you with him going and getting an MRI on his shoulder after just playing one game so far this season?
1: Yeah, I mean, it has to be a concern. I, I watched a lot of that game, and I never came away with any inkling that he was injured. He played every single snap. I think the report I saw uh, suggested that it was more an abundance of caution than anything else. He just had some soreness in his shoulder. I think if I got pounded that many times by the Bills, I'd probably have some soreness in a lot of places, too. Definitely bears watching. Um, if he wasn't in there, I'd... Based on what I saw, I don't think I'd be too excited about starting Ty Montgomery, especially with Trevor Simeon taking over as quarterback for the foreseeable future. They they said uh, Darnold is out indefinitely. To me, that's more of a uh, question of a whole lot of things and suppresses the value of a whole lot of Jets. I was kind of excited to see what Demarius Thomas might do uh, coming in with Robbie Anderson and in Jameson Crowder because now Quincy Inouye is on equal IR. Yeah. So that was going to be their new wide receiver group. Jamison Crowder is somebody I had picked up in a few places and was very excited about last week, excited about seeing that continue. I don't know how much excitement you can feel uh, knowing that you're going to get the Trevor Simeon experience. It sounds like it's going to be more than just this one week. Um, I guess there's a concern with the way mono goes. Hits yeah. could cause spleen damage. We've seen guys who had to have their spleen removed and that can be quite serious so the fact that they downgraded him to out indefinitely I think you know I was high on the Jets thinking they could take a step forward this year this is a whole lot of bad signs
0: yeah I mean the one thing uh, I will say for Trevor Simeon is that he's shown he can be decent at times he had a couple good games there in Denver and I would say uh now they have better pieces that if he were still there around him, they didn't have quite the, I feel, at least running back and some of the wide receivers around him that the Jets have. So I am, I don't want to say, I, I don't think Trevor Simeon will be bad. He's not Sam Darnold, but I think he could be well to fill in for Darnold. I was just looking at this article right now. So yeah, it looks like from everything I'm reading here, he might not be back till week five they have a bye week in week 4 and from what i'm reading here from Rich Samini from ESPN reporting that i guess adam gates is saying that he's like likely to miss more than one game and they're looking at probably not pushing him to come back until after the bye week which would be week 5 so that would be huge for all of you fantasy owners out there with not just Sam Darnold, but any of his uh, his weapons, I think the only one I would feel really safe starting now at this point is Le'Veon Bell, assuming he's good to go with his shoulder. Because uh, Well, I, I actually would still think I, I like Jamison Crowder. I think Trevor Simeon might probably check the ball down to him yeah. quite a few times. So I think those are the only two, though, that are safe plays every single week.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know how you feel, but for me, uh, I if Bell's out – I'm still probably not high on starting Montgomery. I don't know how much of a big rushing load he can take. He may get some dump-offs, but, you know, based on what we saw last week, Bell was running as hard as he can, and he's a pretty good workhorse back. He had 17 carries for 60 yards. I'm not sure they have the greatest line or the greatest offensive scheme right now.
0: No, not at all. My um. I guess this would be uh, maybe they go back out and pick up Elijah McGuire. He's still a free agent. He looked really good at times last year when when he was called upon, especially toward the end of the year. Maybe they bring him back. But I'm with you. I don't think Ty Montgomery can handle the full workload. Uh, but is is a, a decent option uh, to fill in for Le'Veon Bell. But I don't think he's going to bring you any kind of RB one numbers because he is, as you just admitted, not a uh, not a workhorse back. And I fully agree with you on that. Speaking of workhorse backs that are now going to be missing a lot of time, Darius Geis is out uh, indefinitely as well, or at least a couple weeks. What I've seen is at least four to six weeks, maybe a little bit more. Had surgery on a torn meniscus as someone who has gone through that. Uh, I, be, I am obviously not an elite world-class athlete, so it took me a little bit longer to come back from that. But we'll, I hope... Darius Geis is able to come back at some point time this season. In redraft leagues, if you don't have an IR spot, would you feel safe dropping him, Matt?
1: Yeah, because I I think it could be longer. We talked about this a couple days ago. I put the over-under at at three more games for Geis, and I'd probably take the under. Um, I think Adrian Peterson is probably the two down back. Uh, The report that I saw on ESPN that they just updated is six to eight weeks at minimum. Um, So you're talking pretty deep into the season. We still don't know what kind of a rush offense they're even going to be able to develop in Washington. How much of Geis is getting 18 yards on 10 carries is because he had a knee injury and how much of it is because they don't have a very good offensive line. Um, which is why, in terms of replacement, I know everybody's running out to AP. They just think he's going to put up a 1,000 yards and do what he did last year. I actually liked what I saw from Chris Thompson. And given his role in the passing game, he's the one that I would be more interested in playing.
0: Yes, that that's exactly who I would try and grab in all of the leagues as well. Mostly be, uh, due to the fact of what you were just saying, he played a lot more... Uh, when they were down and his, their obvious passing down back and I do think that with the Redskins defense though improving still not great. I think they're going to be down more often than they will be ahead which is I think when Adrian Peterson will get his run. So Chris Thompson as long as he is healthy is the guy I would rather own in that backfield as well. Uh, no real other breaking news for us to talk about, any, or at least right now. So let's go ahead and jump in and break down the Thursday night football game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers. We eating all day, bro. I'm hitting you every time. Every time you come as well, I'm going to hit you. I'm not going to be able to do that. You don't want All right, so we got Tampa Bay coming in to Carolina. A little divisional matchup here. Uh, both teams O and one right now. Obviously, I think it's more more important for the Panthers to win this game to not go to O and two than the Buccaneers. I know neither one of us thought the Buccaneers were going to do much this year. I was much higher on the Panthers than you were uh, coming into this one. Both teams struggle a little bit against the pass. Going all the way back from five weeks of last year's games and into week one of this year. Though I did think the Panthers did a much better job in the past game against, uh, uh, against a very high-powered offense in the Rams last week. But uh, Bucks right now ranked 26th against the pass, 13th against the run, Panthers 21st against the pass, and 9th against the run. So both teams doing a good job of, of uh, stopping the run. The Buccaneers had um, a questionable game last week against the 49ers. I actually thought their defense played pretty well. The score is a little bit misleading considering Jameis Winston threw two touchdowns to the 49ers last week. What are your thoughts on Jameis Winston? We'll start on the Buccaneers side here. What are your thoughts on Jameis Winston having a bounce-back week against the uh, Panthers on Thursday night?
1: Yeah, I'm not real high on uh, Jameis Winston this week. I've actually been having a debate. I I only have one share of him, and it's in a two-quarterback league. I had actually taken him out of the lineup and put Sam Darnold in, but obviously that backfired on me. So I was debating about whether I was putting Jameis back or I was going to start Gardner Minshew. And I'm actually kind of leaning toward Gardner Minshew. I just thought Jameis Winston looked lost. He fumbled twice, was lucky not to lose either one. But that's not a great sign. He's back to taking sacks. He's back to being real careless with the ball. Carolina's defense facing a pretty stout Rams attack uh, did not look too bad. They're at home. It's a short week. It's hard to imagine they did much to fix what we saw on Sunday with Tampa Bay's offense in a couple of days of walkthroughs on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's not a lot to like. And as somebody, you know, you pretty much have to start Mike Evans uh, if you have him because of where you likely drafted him. Uh, You'd like to be able to start Chris Godwin, who people have high hopes for. But I don't feel good about anything with this Tampa offense, especially Thursday night games are often. Sloppy, dreadful affairs. We saw that last week with teams coming off of a full week of rest. It was kind of a sloppy, dreadful at times game. I can only imagine both these teams looked dubious at times on Sunday. The only person in the entire game I'd feel real great about starting is Christian McCaffrey. So uh, Tampa Bay is kind of, to me, a buyer beware. Yeah, so
0: just looking at Winston's stats from last season against the Panthers, he only played them once because he was dealing with Ryan Fitzpatrick last year as well and the kind of coming in, coming out thing with him suffering so much, especially I think uh, the Bengals game, it looks like a couple weeks before, that was when he had a really bad game. They started Fitzpatrick for a couple games, then switched back to Winston again. Uh, He put up 22.8 points uh, with with 20 of 30 for 249 and two touchdowns. I would not trust him this week. What I saw him last week just reminds me of same old Jameis. It's what I have been saying all offseason that I don't believe in Jameis Winston. A lot of people were buying into this offense because of Bruce Arians. And I love Bruce Arians. He's a great offensive mind. But the one thing I keep pointing out, and I actually think you mentioned it uh, when we did the review podcast on Monday, is that he's always had a really good quarterback and Jameis Winston, in my opinion, is not one. Is he a starting quarterback in the NFL? Absolutely. Uh, he's proven that he can do it. He's proven that he can win games, but he is not an elite quarterback, and I don't think that he is going to do much in this one. Again, as you just stated, against a very good Panthers defense that held the Rams uh, in check And that. I mean, Todd Gurley, Robert Woods had a good game, but Brandon Cooks did not have a good game. Cooper Cup did not have a good game. Malcolm Brown scored a couple touchdowns, what made it seem like he had a good game, but he did not do much rushing. You mentioned Chris Godwin and the fact that he did look good, obviously, in Week 1. What is your comfortable, uh, how comfortable would you be starting him this week? Just to give you uh, an idea again, he wasn't quite the focal point of the offense last year like he is in a way this year taking that step forward so obviously played the Panthers twice last year had five points against them in week nine two catches for 40 yards uh, but then 18.6 in week 13 when he had one touchdown and five grabs for 101 yards
1: yeah, it's tough to read too much into week one because it was a pretty even target split between Evans and Godwin and OJ Howard. There was nothing that really stood out. Godwin made the most of his opportunities. He was able to latch on to that touchdown uh, that was Jameis Winston's one t- TD pass, so that sort of inflates some of his numbers. I liked Godwin coming into the season. I thought he could take a step up, but a lot of that was predicated on Bruce Arians seemed excited about him. They didn't really replace Deshaun Jackson or Adam Humphreys, so it seemed like they were clearing a path for Godwin. All those things are still true, but the big question that holds everything back is Jameis Winston. Last week was not a good showing. I think we really have tonight, maybe the next couple weeks after that, where we're going to have to watch this team, and I'm sure Arians is watching too, to see whether Jameis Winston looks like he can develop and be the future or whether it would be better for Tampa Bay to start maybe going the other way and looking at the draft in 2020. So, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure on Winston. I'm sure he would love to get stuff done. Carolina's probably going to focus a lot of their coverage on Evans. Um, He's still the better uh, and bigger threat of the receiver, so there could be some room for Godwin to operate. Um, You know, it's, it's basically what I said a few minutes ago. It's almost a real toss-up whether you feel good starting them. I am actually playing Godwin in a couple of leagues and just hoping for the best. So you
0: touched on them covering Mike Evans, and they've actually done a very good job of covering Mike Evans. So James Bradbury last year in both matchups shadowed Mike Evans, and I want to give you his scores for last season because that's likely what's going to happen tonight. Bradbury also had a really good pick in Week 1 of Jared Goff. has already looked good, uh, obviously. Then we'll shadow Mike Evans tonight. In Game 1, Week 9, Mike Evans put up 2.1 points one catch for 16 yards in week 13, 6.8 points, 48 yards on four catches. Again, was shadowed by James Bradbury for the most part of that game. Or both of those games last season will happen tonight. I am 100% with you on I do not feel comfortable starting Mike Evans at all I have him in a league that I likely have to start him as you pointed out because of the draft capital to keeper league so I did get him in the third round or I'm sorry in the second round uh, was one of my high end wide receiver picks i had taken Devonte Adams and Mike Evans and I'm not feeling very good about playing Mike Evans tonight. That is part of the reason why I would feel a little bit more comfortable starting Chris Godwin because I don't know if Reed or any of these other safeties or cornerbacks are going to do as good covering uh, Godwin as we know Bradbury can cover Mike Evans. Uh, We saw O.J. Howard. I'm torn on him. I've never been a big fan of O.J. Howard. We saw... Um, my goodness, his name just jumped out of my head. Cameron brake would have had yeah. two touchdowns last week had both of them not been called back on penalties. So yet again, we're seeing it again this year. Cameron brake getting the red zone looks and getting the touchdowns when O.J. Howard is not. Uh, again, tight end being a very weak position for fantasy. Any, any, uh, I don't even know what to say, any faith in starting him tonight? Or are you, you looking for a better option?
1: Yeah, I mean, tight end such a wasteland position. Again, uh, where you drafted him, you might feel like you need to take a flyer on him. If you were looking for anything that was going to be an encouragement, um, we saw last week Carolina's defense give up a, t- a passing touchdown to Tyler Higbee uh, when they were playing the Rams. So it's potential they could get something in there. I don't feel great about Howard. I just think these Thursday games are tough to begin with, and when you have two teams coming off of two brutal performances, that gives me even less faith. I mean, it's going to go one one of two ways. We're going to get another game like we had last Thursday, or we're going to get a game like we had on Monday night between the Saints and the Texans, and everything on offense is going to come alive. It feels like it's going to fall into one or the other I'm hedging my bets more towards a sloppy, turnover-filled festival. Well,
0: let's hope it's more like Monday night because that would be awesome for everybody. So just to give you guys an idea now, just take this in mind – The the stats that he put up against the Panthers last year only played him once because he was injured that back half of the season in Week 9, put up 19.3 points, four catches, 53 yards, and two touchdowns, but that was with Ryan Fitzpatrick, not Jameis Winston. So read into that what you will. Last thing on the Bucs before we move on to the Panthers, Ronald Jones, a report came out just as we started recording that he is going to get... A lot, and I can't remember the exact where he was not a lot more. It was, he was he was going to get more of the workload in this game over Peyton Barber. Uh, he's a guy I've been touting since last year. Had a lot of people shitting on me all last year because of how bad he did. Looked very good in that week one. I don't expect him to have a big game here. But if you had to start one, him or Peyton Barber tonight, or I guess you could throw in Dare. I I don't. I'm horrible with his last name, so we're just gonna call him Mr. Dare. Which one would you be starting tonight?
1: Uh, Definitely Jones, but I mean, the guy put up more yards in week one than he did in the entire 2018 season. Uh, I think it's more speaks to no one's ever thought uh, Peyton Barber looked great in that role. His hold on it always seemed tenuous. Um, 13 carries, 75 yards, uh, and a catch for 18 yards for Jones last week was promising. See if he can build on it. That would probably do the best favor for Mike Evans, because right now, They're going to shade all their coverage towards Evans because nobody's been afraid of Tampa Bay being able to run the ball. But if they can actually develop a run, that may actually be Jameis Winston's best friend as well.
0: Man, I'm hoping Rojo can break out tonight because I, I said I've, I've been riding on that that train. I've been dying on that hill for an entire year, and if he can come out and, and make me look good, I can finally kind of give a little one-finger salute to all those Penny truthers that keep sitting there talking about how Ronald Jones is worse than Penny and just like talk about how my guy is back. He, he, he's going to be back, baby. I feel it. All right, so let's move on to the Panthers. Uh, they're, like, as we both talked about, their defense looked really good last week. I was kind of surprised how low they were ranked. Uh, but in my opinion, from the parts of the game I watched, they were really shutting the Rams down. That's not easy to do against that offense. We saw CMC just absolutely dominated that game. I want to start with Cam Newton. Though. So an interesting little stat that I saw this morning. Out of, this is uh, Last week against the Rams was the first time in 131 career games he had negative rushing yards. Do you think he overcorrects that against the Bucks this week? Uh, we've seen in the past him vulturing touchdowns from CMC down in the red zone. I think that's one of the best parts of his game is his rushing ability. Now it did look like they were possibly trying to protect that shoulder a little bit more not having him do that. Do you think that overcorrects against Tampa Bay tonight?
1: I don't know. It's it's tough to say. Um, It didn't look like he was even really looking for rushing opportunities last week, so I don't know if it's so much a game plan or it may be him trying to think about getting older and the injuries he's had. I have felt watching him throughout the preseason and nothing last week changed my mind that he doesn't look right, whether it's him not being sure how he should play anymore or whether he still has some kind of lingering injury. I thought he didn't look right. I'm hopeful that this is a matchup where, you know, maybe we can get some glimmers that Cam is going to return somewhat to form. Because as Cam goes, so goes the Panthers. You know, he was really hot to start last year. They were 6-2. and two. He got banged up and fell off. And they completely faded and only ended up winning one more game the rest of the year. That was kind of what we saw last week. He struggled mightily for much of that game. Uh, fortunately, Christian McCaffrey tried to put him on his back, um, put the team on his back, and get them going. And we saw Cam kind of hitting a few things later on. But you know, hopefully, division matchup at home. Uh, you know, this is a big game for both these teams because statistically in the NFL, if you start the season two and oh, you can pretty much write off the playoffs. And if yeah. either of these. Teams really has a hope of getting to the playoffs. They got to win. I think even more so for Carolina, not just because you thought they'd be a better team, but because this is two straight home games. You start out zero and two, and you've lost two at home. That's a real bad sign and a yeah. real tough hole to climb out of.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that. I actually think Cam's going to have a good game tonight. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, you are right on the Thursday night games. It does seem to be. We almost never get to just get a good game. It's always one or the other. It's either an offensive blowout because defenses are tired or it's just an extremely sloppy game. My hope for tonight is that this is just one more week for Cam. I think the biggest issue for him, and I heard Ron Rivera say it on the radio this morning. He gave an interview, I think it was yesterday or Tuesday, uh, that he thought that the reason the Panthers really started turning it on at the end of the game last week against the Rams is because it really uh, – Cam had finally gotten some more reps in and everything. He had injured that ankle in the pre, early in the preseason, and that has kind of stopped him from uh, really getting to play the rest of the preseason out, and so it felt like he was kind of behind a little bit in his development or getting ready for the season. So I'm hoping that maybe that whole game last week has really kind of helped him get ready. He's got obviously phenomenal weapons around him in CMC Moore and Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, uh, obviously disappointed game last week. I was I was hoping for more. I actually think he might have a really good game tonight. So just reference back into last year. Actually had two really good games against the Buccaneers uh, in Week 9. 21.2 points, 19-25, uh, 247 yards, two touchdowns, 33 rushing yards. Uh, And then week 13, 28 of 41 for 300 yards, two touchdowns, and 33 yards as well, rushing the ball in that one. I like Cam tonight. I actually think he's going to have a good game. I I mean – I guess we have to talk about Christian McCaffrey, but there's probably not much else to add except for the dude is a baller. Uh, I I saw that he is 126 yards away from breaking the record for most yards in the first two games of the season uh, for the Carolina Panthers, currently held by Steve Smith. So I guess I'll ask you, do you think he does that tonight? Uh,
1: I think it's certainly possible. I'm guessing that's 126 all-purpose yards. Yes,
0: all-purpose yards, yes.
1: Oh, I'd say it's almost a lock then, because what did he? He had uh, 128 plus 81 last week, so yeah. uh, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Christian McCaffrey is a no-brainer start, and for yeah. me, when I was writing the preview article for this game, he was the only, no doubt about it. Don't even think twice before you start him on either team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're wanting to play risky and see if you can win without him, go ahead and bench him. But, I mean, if other than that, he needs to be in your lineup. And just to give you guys a little bit of an idea, so last year, in both matchups, he torched the Buccaneers in Week 9, 30.2 points. 17 carries, 79 yards, 2 touchdowns, 5 catches, 78 yards. And then a week 13, 106 yards on 10 carries, 55 yards on 9 catches, and a touchdown to get 26.6 points. So fair to say he's going to do pretty much what, or hopefully, he does pretty much what he did last year against them and what we saw out of him in week 1. The big question, though, is obviously cam, shoulder, throwing motion, The wide receivers and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are 100% reliant on Cam Newton in this one. DJ Moore had a decent week last week against the Rams, but we did see Curtis Samuel disappoint. If you had to start either, neither or both of them, which would you do either of those uh, for tonight and DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel?
1: Um, if I had to pick one, the only one I'd feel comfortable with is DJ Moore. Um, he looked a little bit better, um, I looked at the the passing numbers. You know, Cam threw for 239 opening week, but 10 for 81 of that was to Christian McCaffrey. Seven for 76 for DJ Moore. He looked like the only other receiver that really had any traction there. <clears throat> Obviously, Curtis Samuel wasn't great. Neither was Greg Olson. Um, you know, he's always been kind of that ageless wonder that you felt like uh, was matchup proof that you could you could stick in there. I'm not so sure that's the case anymore. And even in a shallow position, if I was looking at, if I had to start one of the tight ends from this game, I'd actually lean OJ Howard over Greg Olson based on what I saw. I think uh, the only two, I would start with confidence from Carolina. Well, one with confidence is Christian McCaffrey. I'm starting Cam Newton. I'm hoping for better. If I needed to reach for a receiver, I'd consider D.J. more flex. But Curtis Samuel, I, you have to see him as part of the offense first. And I actually think Tampa Bay's defense, they spent a long time working on it on the offseason. They were pretty good last week. They Jimmy G. did not have impressive numbers. None of the 49er receivers really did a whole lot. Uh, they didn't have a huge running game. If their offense hadn't just put them in no-win situations time and time again, that might have been a different game.
0: Yeah, so for me, I actually think, depending on the league you're in, I would feel comfortable starting both of them. Again, I've been a little bit higher on this game. I actually think it will be a a decent game. I think Cam is going to have a good game. Uh, And I think D.J. Moore and Curtis Samuel are going to benefit for that. I think Tampa Bay, again, being much better against the run than they are the pass. Not that I think they will stop Christian McCaffrey, but I do think that's going to be their plan coming in. I think it's going to open up some throwing lanes to those two. Uh, when I was looking at the Curtis Samuel game last week, I do think part of the reason he was so bad is he had a keep to on him almost the entire game. A keep to is still one of the best cornerbacks in the game, uh, so I don't want to hold too much against him. That still, you know, got you four points in fantasy, not what you wanted, uh, but still at least was able to put up some numbers. I think DJ Moore will have a good game here. I would imagine somewhere between eight to eleven points, and I think Curtis Samuel is actually going to have a really good game. I- I'm calling for him to get a touchdown in this one. A uh, little bit of maybe a uh, uh, bold take or a hot take however you want to look at it. but I like Curtis Samuel in this game against this Buccaneers cornerback uh, or secondary core here I really think that Samuel's going to have a, a wonderful game because I don't think Greg Olson's going to be able to do much I think he is supposed to play but is injured so Samuel coming out of the slot gets the ball you know short is able to do a lot in the yak game there I think Samuel's going to have a great game tonight So let's go ahead and pick this one. Who do you have winning, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Carolina Panthers?
1: I am taking Carolina at home.
0: As am I. So before we get out of here, though, some news just came across my phone, so I'm going to go ahead and get your opinion on it, and then we will get out of here. The Patriots have come out and said that they are planning on Antonio Brown to play but, at, like with everything, that is subject to change due to everything going on with Antonio Brown right now. So, Antonio Brown, expected to play for the Patriots. Do you think he's able to have a good game here against Miami this weekend?
1: You know, even even if he plays, I don't know how great I feel starting him. They have a lot of other weapons. It's likely not to be a close game. I don't know how many snaps you're going to see from him. Um, so, I think he could have an okay game, but not the kind of game you're thinking about when you drafted Antonio Brown. All right, fair enough.
0: I, I've, I've mentioned it uh, when we talked about it on Monday's podcast, and uh, I think the Saturday one I did with Dennis, I don't think AB I think he's more of a 15 to 24 wide receiver with the, with the Patriots. I do think it affects Gordon's value as well. Edelman is pretty safe. So interested to see how that works out, assuming he makes it to Sunday without getting put on the exempt list. Matt, thank you so much for joining me for this quick little episode. due Thursday night preview and everything, and have yourself a great day.
1: You too. Prepare
0: for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready.
1: you got your popcorn ready? I came out the line and he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. No one up above his head. They can't jump with me.
0: Only oh, tackles at the 40 the line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I can.